Welcome to Walker Ministries. All right. Well, we believe in the one new man in Yeshua, Jew and Gentile. The new man being revealed. The hidden man of the heart. My goodness. It's all right, y'all. We're going to have a good time. Y'all know I like to have a good time. Man, I just want to find out where is the oil? Mm. I want to know is the oil over here? I mean, my, I'm not sliding, so I, ain't, I don't know. Is the is oil over here? I, I mean, the Bible said you're supposed to have the oil of joy. Where's it at? Oh, I just got to come through the crowd then, I guess. Oh, where's the oil? I don't know. I think it's somewhere. Where's the oil at, man? Sliding over here. Where's the oil of joy at, man? We are believers. Man, my God. Woo, look at that. My God. My God. We win this battle. All I got to do is keep the unity of love. Come on, bond. Get, look, we should be bonded tightly, knitted together. The Bible says, in love. The world should be looking at us like, what is it on them? My goodness. Is it the inward anointing? Or is it the outward anointing? Oh, my goodness. We're supposed to be distinct. Peculiar people. Sanctified. Called out separate for God. Work in the earth. I want to know, is anybody ready to work? Mm. My goodness. Ooh, I want my crown of life, righteousness. Great reward. He already gave me eternal life. Damn. Y'all good? Damn. I mean, I mean, he said the dead praise him now. I, I didn't come to preach to no dead people. I come to... Preaching some lives, living people up in here who have died, listen, have died to their flesh, crucified their own flesh, mortified, the Bible says. My good, come against every hindering spirit. Ah. Every spirit of slumber, you better tell them to leave today. Yeah, okay, I'm checking. Enemy, something that you need to hear. Something that you need to hear automatic puts you to sleep. How I come to church and fall asleep? You know not who you worship. Man. I'm ready today. I'm feeling good. I don't know. I, two of my saints here, we, you know, they're God's shepherd. I mean, I'm his shepherd, but they're his sheep. See, a lot of times people say, they my sheep. No, they're not my sheep. I don't have any sheep. He said, Peter, take care of my sheep. Love them. They're mine. Now, what he does is trust me with this sheep, a steward over all. I own nothing, but I'm a steward over all. 
And I told you, don't be attached to anything because God, listen, he might say, give it to give it away. That's what he does. He's a giver. Man, y'all know we, I'm just going to let Holy Spirit move. I got the teaching. Don't worry. Sometimes you got to let Holy Spirit move. Something somebody need in here. And I want to step aside and allow Holy Spirit to move. I said, I've been to two funerals this past week. Back to back. What is God saying? Hmm. Hmm? What's he saying? What have we taken for granted? The next moment is not promised to you. I mean, we got people that went in and prayed their respects and, and they left and they never changed. Death did not move them. When they were faced with their own mortality, they won't move. And they write to me. Same old, same old. But you said a powerful thing. At your father's funeral, you said a powerful thing. No, he gave his life three years ago. He ain't in there. <laughs> I love it. It ministered to me. I was like, look at my daughter up there. All right. See, I'm not, who afraid to die? See, we should be accustomed to death if we've already mortified our flesh. <laughs> who is afraid? See, as believers, see, we, we know we have an assurance. Well, you should if you believe. You should have an assurance. Y'all know I'm not going to be telling you to touch your neighbor. Problem. Too much. Too much to touch. I need some change. <laughs> Jesus said, come and learn of me. This is a Bible study ministry. We teach. I'm not going to huck and buck. You're not going to see that. I'm going to exhort. Jesus won't talk about something. Say yeah. <laughs> See, all them things are distracting. As soon as I say something, the organs speak. I need y'all to speak. See, this is the problem. We, we get distracted and it's soulish in the church. Instead of spiritual. The word of God has to take root in your heart. That means a seed needs to be planted. I don't need my emotions right now. I need, I need the word of God. <sighs> Got too many of my children committing suicide. Where is the church? You're not going to see a pastor's anniversary here. That's not biblical. You appreciate me? Just serve. 
Serve with me. Keep your hands on the plow so we can work and get some souls in the kingdom for real. Amen. It's time not to play anymore. I love what you said. It's time to get to work. It's time to get to work. I told you, you should know your call. You should know your call. The enemy know you're called, but you don't know your call. Where do you discover your call? You discover your call in the presence of God. That's where your purpose is revealed. In the presence of El Elyon. The eternal one. Too many of my believers, we don't know who we are. And I told him on Friday, what the problem is, is too many of us are eating the fruit of our own identity. You're too busy eating the fruit of your own identity. Your identity is in Christ. See, when you eat off the fruit of your own identity, you'll be like this. I'm too fat. I don't look. I don't. Listen, listen. I don't look like everybody want me to look. I'm incomplete. I can't do this. I can't do that. See, you're eating off the, listen, the fruit of your own inner image. Instead of the image of God, when he said, listen, in Christ, you are perfect. In him, you are perfect. But he said, walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Too many of us walking around saying we believe, but we don't know who we are. Stop reading the word. And eat the word. Taste and see. It is the truth. You're going to find who you are, your identity in the word, in Christ. That's where you'll find who you are. He's talking to them. Why do I exist? You know, that's the anthropic, you know, philosophy. Where do, why do I exist? You and I exist to live in the love of God. That's why you exist. That's why you're here. Because you were, listen, you are to live in the love of God. That's why you're here. That's why you're on this planet. To live in the love. Why, why do I exist? What is the existence of a man? What is that? No, to live in the love of God. So tell your scientists and all your atheist friends, this is why I exist. It's to live in the love of God. And you can too. Tell them that. Oh, my goodness. All right. They had to go there. I mean, before I go, can we just go to Proverbs 12.1? Let's set the atmosphere right. Let's go. Let's get this right. Don't y'all love the word? Y'all know we love the word. You should love the word. They said we should love light. We should love darkness. We're children of the light. I need us to act like that. See, we don't know who we are. I mean, what do do y'all think we're going to do when we get to heaven? What are you going to do? This is a rehearsal. This is a dress rehearsal. That's what all the seven feasts are. It's a dress rehearsal. Of his coming. Yeah? This ain't your home. This ain't your body. You're going to get a new body. You ready? 
minister. Let's read this. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 1. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Mm. One more time. (laughs) Pay attention to the punctuality. To learn, comma, stop. Don't move yet to the next one. Stop. To learn. We're here to learn. Jesus said, come and learn of me. See, we shouldn't be coming to church to learn how to get along with each other. You all should have already read that. See, then we can't go on to the deeper teachings because we're too busy emotionally with each other. Love seeks not itself. Love only seeks to love. Love doesn't keep account of the wrong done to him. Love only seeks to love. And God so loved. All right. To learn, you must. <laughs> to learn, you must. You must love. To learn, you must love. To love, you must love. Now, here's the other part. Discipline. It's always hard when you're striving in your own abilities. It's always hard. It, it, it's kicking against the pricks then. It's, it's, it's hard then. You're not aerodynamic. You can't flow easily. Okay? You're supposed to be like the wind. You don't know where you come from, where you're going. The wind. Okay. The spirit. The ruah. That's the Holy Spirit. The ruah. Hakodesh. That is the Holy Spirit. The breath. The wind. When Adam was on the ground, he created him out of the Adama, the earth, and he breathed into him life. He became a living soul, a living nephesh because of the breath of God. Who are you? Okay, we see if y'all got this. Who are you, Ephraim? John. Eric. Okay. Who is God? So you can't acknowledge who you are without acknowledging who he is first. I am. Right. I can't I can't acknowledge God myself who tell you who I am without telling you who God is. I am that I am. <laughs> I like that. And in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew, he said, I am the breath. Okay, y'all come to learn. Or did y'all come to learn? Or we just want to play church, run around, go home and be sad and, you know, no progress, no growth. 
When we come to church, we, we, matter of fact, we are the church. I keep saying we come to church. Y'all the church. Churches mean universal. You, you are the ecclesia. You are, listen, you are the called out ones. That's what church is. Called out for what? To do the will of God in the earth. Everybody excited. Oh, okay, you want me to tell you you're a millionaire? You'll, you'll be happy then, right? How come people who want to be a millionaire have them, they don't have the, uh, uh, the character to be $40? You don't have the character. How come we don't have the character? Yeah, all right. Here we go. All right, we got some theologians. I want to welcome all the new people here. How y'all doing? How you doing, brother? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see y'all. Welcome. Welcome. All right. We're just family. You should feel welcome. We're just family. That's all we are. We should go to any place, any house of God, and feel the spirit. And feel right at home. I'm with believers. All right, there you go. Ain't no strange fire in here. I'll make sure. We don't get no strange fire. You can come in, but check your demon at the door. You cannot come here. Isn't that welcome? It's bad enough the Bible said we have wheat and tear. They grow together. Sheep and goats, they come to the same feeding place. He said, let them grow. But as a shepherd, you must identify. Another thing told y'all is shepherd is designed for your wilderness journey. Amen. How you got a shepherd? He, he, how you got a shepherd? He haven't, he hasn't, he's not qualified to lead you in the wilderness. You got to know that you call that. Other than that, you're going to mess up people's lives. You have to have one that's designed. He know what it's like to be divorced. He, he know what it's like to have a blended family. He know what it's like to be rejected. He know what it's like Go to ahead. forgive. You got to have somebody who understands what you're going through. How he going to minister to you out of his love then? Because hurt people hurt people. You got to have one that when you fall, he down there right there with you. Hey, you doing? You ready to get up now? Let's go. A pastor is a professional friend. If you can't reach him and can't get to him, uh -uh. edit that out. That's, that's my wife, y'all. I'm sorry. We love each other. so We really care. We really care for each other. I do the same. I do the same. That's why you got to be happy in your What in the world? I'm in covenant with God with my wife. I got to present her to him spotless, blameless. How did you treat her? I'm no, leave it in. <laughs> Man. Ooh, I got some stuff for y'all today. Y'all ready? <laughs> Woo! 
Woo, man, we've been talking about the anointing. Amen. But there's some things that we got to get straight first. You got to make sure you, we understand. Last week we talked about that was part three of the anointing. And there was a lot of different things. I said the anointing comes by what? Association. But it grows by desperation. The anointing does. The anointing grows by our desperation. I gave you all the example last week of Saul, the two Sauls. We got two Sauls in the Bible. You got Saul in the Old Testament. You got Saul in the New Testament. Right? One repented. One didn't. Mmm. Man. Which one? <laughs> Which one are you? <laughs> now, the other Saul, the old Saul in the Old Testament, had the prophetic. They were into Ramoth, and he had, you know, these, he sent like three troops down there, and everyone that entered in began to prophesy. The prophecy, they, this is why they told Saul. And they said, Saul, is Saul amongst the prophets? Because of the association. See, when you associate, he was associating with what? Who was he associating with? Samuel. Samuel was what? The prophet of God. Who you associate with? Some of us, who you associate with really reflects who you are. Mm-mm-mm. I need some of us to stop associating with our past. Your, your past shouldn't reflect who you are. Your association should. Yeah? <laughs> That's my grandson. Preach. In hell. My goodness. And I told you how Saul, you know, um, he had prophesied last week. He had, the Bible said that he had went. And stripped off his clothes and began to prophesy all night long. And I try to show y'all that how that you see a lot of that in the church today when it comes to prophecy. And, and it's a lot of bodily things that's not involved. That's another spirit. Yeah. Told y'all about the kundalini spirit. Yeah. See, this is where the church is just not informed. What is the origin of the kundalini spirit? It's in Hinduism. If you, if you don't know, it's, it's when you start seeing them all that shaking. I'm talking to you. I'm going down like this. And I'm talking to you. Hey. See, because you are fascinated with personalities. and People with mega churches, it's okay. See, but then when you have a small church in the crack, in the crevice like this, see, it speaks truth. And as a shepherd, I'm supposed to identify what is happening. What is, we're on the journey. When they left Egypt, they had a shepherd, and they were on their way to the promised land. Yeah. So when you get saved, you exit Egypt, and now you are on your way to the promised land. Yeah. But you need a shepherd. Yeah. You can't shepherd yourself. He said, I will give you pastors after my own heart. So that means you can't choose. He said, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one designed for your wilderness journey. Right. One that can handle what you're going through. Because he has experience. Because he's been called. 
And I told us another thing. When a lot of times with the anointing, a lot of times we're stagnant because we're leaving the people behind. You want promotion, but you won't help the person below you. So when I help them, God opened the door for the next level for me. See, a lot of times we're just in our own, we're our worst own enemy. Because the association, listen, I said the anointing is by association. That's why they had Samuel in there. This is why he gave us this illustration in there. So we'll see it. Oh, but we don't, we don't, we don't even go to the Old Testament no more. Hmm. He said, my word is forever. I didn't come away to do away with the law. I come to fulfill it, complete it. Now the book, you have all 66 chapters now. Books, should I say. Before you didn't. Now, that book is still being written now in your heart. The word is still going on. Now, it is what? Now it's not logos, it's rhema. It's living. It's alive. And my word is spirit and life. This is what he's saying. Now you are the living testament. You are the walking epistle. The ark and the covenant now is in you. You are the temple now of the Holy Spirit. This is where now he comes in and dwells with us. And when we come together like this, it's called tabernacles. We're tabernacling together. He's coming. That's the... Oh, my goodness. But we remove the, his feast. They're called the feast of the Lord, not the feast of the Jew people. It's the feast of the Lord. Those are his feasts. He said that they are to be observed forever. So how many churches do you see observing the feast? When you observe the feast in the body of Christ, they now, they isolate you. Uh-oh. Well, obviously we didn't read uh, Revelation. Tabernacle, it's, it's trumpets, I mean, everything is in there. But see, I told you, tradition is what kills the truth. And people, people want to override. They, they want to please the hearts of men instead of the heart of God. And we don't have, because they're scared that you won't bring your tide in. This ministry don't work like that. See, it's all about your heart. It's in your heart. Man, God only deals with the heart, the intent. Not even so much what you say, but it's in the intent is what's behind your words, your heart. And that's what he deals with. I love you. And you know, in your heart, you don't love that person. See, he deals with that. The intent, not what you said. And out of the abundance of the heart. Mm. Why y'all think y'all can fool God? They won't teach. They won't teach. They won't. Everybody just, you know, feel good. Hmm. He said, who he loves. He, ch- he chases and corrects and spanks. He said, I'm establishing our sonship when I do that, when I correct you. When I correct you and teach you and reprove you, he said, I'm showing you you're my son. You have my sonship now. 
and a son abides in a house forever. Okay. Forever. Oh, man. All right. All right. All right. They want to know. Let's get in it. Y'all ready? Right. Do we have enough review? Do we have enough review? All right. Please stop eating, young people. Stop eating. Yeah, I guess it's some old people, too. Stop eating off the fruit of your image. Okay? I just feel I need to say it again because a lot of our, our, our young people are, you know, peer pressure and everything. Know who you are, Aaron, in Christ. So nobody else can tell you who you are. See, in Christ, it has to be revealed. It says it's the hidden man of the heart. That man is hidden. He has to be revealed to you, to yourself. Man. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go in here. Let's talk about this. So we're talking about the anointing. This is part four. Uh, charisma. Charisma. That is the anointing in the Greek. Okay. It's a smearing, a special endowment, an unction. And the one that I really like teaching, it is the, listen, it's the idea of contact, the anointing. Y'all mm, mm, mm. hear all the time, that person anointed, they anointed, they anointed, that song's anointed. Let's find out. Let's find out, do you know what the anointing is? Before you can identify what the anointing is. But I like God because when you, you're talking about a subject, the way he does it, he goes around to try to get you to see something. Because we, we have a lot hard time, you know, just obeying and going from here straight to where you need to go. It's like Israel. They could have went. They could have got to the motherland, to the motherland. They could have got to the <laughs> promised land. They were already in there. They could have got to, they should have got to the uh, promised land, you know what, in two and a half weeks, not 40 years. But because of their attitude, they weren't ready to, listen, inherit the promise. So that whole backsliding generation had to die off. Then the, the one that they gave birth to now had to learn obedience. And out of all those million people, two from that first generation got in, Caleb and Joshua. What is that a picture of, y'all? All those people left thought they were getting out, going to the promised land. And he said, the righteous scarcely get in. Uh-oh, y'all better tie it together. So which generation are you? Hmm? The one going to die off? Oh, the one's going to learn obedience and get in. Yeah, I like that. That's why it's there. See, a lot of times we have a problem tying in the old with the renewed covenant. Y'all catch it? Okay. And the earth was renewed. And it's not until he comes that it's going to be a new heaven and earth. It is the renewed covenant. It already existed, but it's the renewed covenant. All right. Y'all got it? Yeah. Oh, I love this, man. All right. 
So the anointing, I told you, comes by association, and it grows by our desperation. Who's desperate? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to find out some things here. Ah. Today I want to talk to you about, I kind of want to talk to you about the inner and the outward anointing, but I'm going to kind of focus just on the inner today because uh, we don't have a lot of time, so i got to get teacher time to come up. So um, turn with me. <laughs> Y'all know how we do this. Turn with me to Ephesians. Let's find out something. Watch how God go around this thing. We're going to show you something before we get into it. We got, this is going to be a good little series. All right? We're going to continue on the anointing. So go to Ephesians 4. Twenty-nine, I got a focus point on one, but I, a lot of times you just read one scripture, but you need to have a little uh, dialogue of what's going on here, okay? So I like to, when I like to focus on the scripture, I like to give you something above it and below it, okay? So your context, you'll have it right. And then you won't make up something, then that's called a pretext. Amen? Amen. Not a context, but a pretext. Let's do this, all right? Ephesians chapter 4 at verse 29. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. Mm. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him, by whom you were sealed, marked, branded as God's own, secured for the day of redemption, of final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive, or blasphemous language, be banished from you. With all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind, and become useful, and helpful, and kind to one another. Mm. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely, as God in Christ forgave you. All right. <laughs> I mean, the scripture just bring light to your situation. Why are you sitting there right now, right? Come on. You know that's you. All right. All right. Let's see if we are doing the work. My main focus in that whole um, flow of scripture there was verse 30. Grieving. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit is the focus. So keep that word. Make a little sticky note. Keep that word grieving the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. It's a whole lot here, but I can't get it on today. Now, go to 1 Thessalonians. Watch this. I'm going to tie this in. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. 
First Thessalonians chapter 5 at verse 16. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually, mm. always. Go ahead. Verse 17. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and mediator of that will. Go ahead. Do not quench, suppress, or subdue the Holy Spirit. Mm. Do not spurn the gifts and utterances of the prophets. Do not depreciate prophetic revelations, mm. nor despise inspired instruction or exhortation or warning. But test and prove all things mm. until you can recognize what is good. To that, hold fast. All right. Stop right there. All right. Woo. Go back up there and say, do not quench the Holy Spirit. So now we got do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And we have do not quench the Holy Spirit. Put that up. Put that little right by the side on that little sticky pad. All right. All right. I want y'all to hold on to those two words, all right? So, we're talking about the inner anointing, right? There's so much in there. If y'all living your life like that, there would be no problem. We'll draw all men to Christ then. If we were really doing what that word said just now. Those, just those two verses, just those two. But since we're talking about that, we're going to talk about grieving and quenching. All right. We're going to miss the point. What's happening here? Okay. <laughs> Hold on to two. The inner anointing is the anointing that works on the inside of you to produce a character of Christ in you. Okay. Y'all need me to read that again? All right. I'll do it. But y'all know we're videoing this. So it'll be up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. The innocent, the inner anointing is the anointing that works on the inside of you to produce a character of Christ. Inner anointing. Without going too far in the outer, the outer anointing is the anointing that flows through you to impact the world around you through miracle signs and wonders. That's the outer anointing. Y'all need that one more time. Okay, I can do it. The outer anointing is the anointing that flows through you to impact the world around you through miracles, signs, and wonders. Okay, y'all got that. Now, we're just laying down a little foundation here. So when the scriptures tell us, do not grieve the Holy Spirit and do not quench the Holy Spirit, do not stop. What he's saying is do not stop the inner anointing because the Holy Spirit inside of us, he produces the character of Christ in us. Okay. So when you grieve the Holy Spirit, listen, so when you grieve the Holy Spirit, the works of the Holy Spirit stop. You remember like Samson and. The anointing left him. He didn't know. 
but he was still trying to do what he was supposed to do. All right, here we go. Y'all, y'all getting it? So when you grieve the Holy Spirit, I say it again, the works of the Holy Spirit stop, which causes the inward anointing to stop. So when the scripture says, do not quench the Holy Spirit, this is referring to do not stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. Listen, do not stop the flow of the Holy Spirit to flow through you into the lives of others. See how selfish we are? We're trying to figure out what's wrong. You're supposed to be the anointed people. Mm, mm, mm. All right. I got 14 pages. I, y'all know we ain't going to get through that today. That's all right. Keep it going. All right, here we go. This is my point here. I'm going to make this thing. It is wrong to grieve the Holy Spirit as it is to quench the Holy Spirit. Okay. Here's a question. Y'all know I like to ask questions. Questions and side notes. I like that. Okay. Some people ask, are miracles more important than character? And some people want to know, is character more important than miracles? See how the word miracle is just foreign to us? That's, that's for somebody else, not you. He said, when you believe, these signs shall follow you. That's how you know, <laughs> do you believe? You got some signs following you? Or are you following other people's signs? See, that happens all the time. They having a conference. That's where oil is coming off the feet of this person. Let's go over there. Let's go. Over there. Oh, they got diamonds coming out of their air ducts. Let's go over there. They found, they found gold tooth. Let me open your mouth right now. You got a gold tooth in that woman in there this morning? See, we go and do all that and watch all these movies, all these type of things. The Bible says the enemy has signs, lying wonders as well. See, but then you won't test the spirit to try the spirit to see if it's of God. When Moses before Pharaoh, they threw their staffs down and they turned the serpents too. So everything you see in church ain't God. Okay, I guess so, folks. This won't be like Jesus. They 70 people left him at one time. I guess that's what's going to happen because I'm telling the truth. Because I'm telling the truth. He said, when you tell the truth, they leave you. But when you got a lie and you preaching a lie, man, it be filled. When they don't talk about sin, they don't talk about the birth, the death, and the resurrection of Christ and your deliverance. No, you need to run out of that church. No, you need to preach the full gospel. Not just one element of it. Paul preached the full gospel. Everything. No, I just, I just preach, you know, have a good Friday. I just preach as, you know, this is your best life now. How can that possibly be? You're in the flesh. Oh, it's things. Not God. How come God is not enough? 
How come God is not more than enough for us? How come he's not more than enough? Paul said, I know how to abase and abound. I know how to worship God. Listen, when I got plenty and when I, I'm, I don't have anything, strip naked, he said, God is still the same. Not us. The lights is out. I'm leaving the church. I'm gone. God, you lie. You don't need you don't, That's what we say. Oh, Lord. Okay. All right. We're going in there today. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Remember I said, what's it more important? Miracles or character or character or miracles? People ask that all the time. Watch this. The Bible says, pursue love. Right? And then we're going to go to the scripture. But in the same scripture, the same verse, it says, and Paul said it. And, and in the same verse, Paul says, desire and have a zeal for the gifts. Pursue love and have a zeal and desire for gifts. All right, y'all don't think so. Go to 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians. 14.1. And you got the New Living too? The New Living up there as well. Let's read, read from the New Living. I like that one. First Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14.1. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let love be your highest goal. <laughs> As a believer, love should be your highest goal. Is that your highest goal? By the raising of the hands of the saints. <laughs> I got minds up. And some people just still won't do it. Ain't that crazy? <laughs> you had that million dollar check in the mail that you need. Your hands will go up and everything else. Yeah, you would. Without question. Nobody got to ask you. Whoa. <laughs> the pastor who's leading you asked you to raise your hand about something. We you thought it was? Is that right? <laughs> but I raised my hand. Who faith follows? Okay. <laughs> See? <laughs> we got the herd. We going. We get the cliff is over there. Let's go this way. Come on. I won't show up what you were saying. I said. <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. I'm sorry, y'all. You know, you should laugh in church. This is not a funeral. He wrote, listen, and you should have a good time. It releases endorphins, healing within your own body when you laugh and smile. Yeah, I'm 55 years old. Well, smile every day. That was the first song I heard that put on this morning. Smile. All right. I did. Man, I'll be active in my faith. All 
I don't want to be religious. I want to be, listen, I want to be active. Oh. All right. Man, let's do it. Woo. All right. I told you goats don't follow. Sheep do. All right. This, mm, man. All right. Here we go. I'm, I'm sorry, Ephraim. I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. All right. We're going to get in there. All right. Okay, we're talking about miracles and character. All right? Which one is important? Watch this. So the Bible puts character and miracles on the same level. Oh, the church ain't teaching y'all this. Watch it. So the Bible put character and miracles on the same level. And remember, I'm talking about the inner anointing. Remember, I'm talking about grieving and quenching the Holy Spirit, the works of the Holy Spirit in you and for uh, the environment around you. Okay? Y'all can get a nugget today. All right, here we go. So the question is, okay, rhetorical, <laughs> thought I'd let you know <laughs> So before we get there. Okay, <laughs> I like that. Wait, <laughs> I love that. So here we go. Here's the question. Just think about it. So which hand is more important, your left hand or your right hand? See, this is how people start reading. Well, I'm left-handed. and No, I said, which one is more important? Because if you didn't have the left, you could actually learn how to write with the right one. So that's not what it's saying, see? So you got to answer that. People just, as soon as they hear it, they be, oh, wait a minute. My hand is more important. Which eye is more important? Your left eye or your right eye? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Which ear is more important? Your left ear or your right ear? Hmm. Right? Okay. <laughs> so both ears are equally important. Both arms are equally important. Both legs are equally important. Watch this. So character and miracles are equally important. See, y'all think that's for somebody else. No, it's for you. Mm. I told y'all, if you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. So if you don't understand the purpose of what I'm teaching you, the purpose of what's in you, the purpose of your connection with God, you'll be easily, you can easily abuse it. This is how they abuse finances and this is how they abuse the, the gospel of prosperity because they don't know the purpose of it. So when you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. Hello, somebody. God spoke more money than anything in the Bible because he knew that's where your heart is. So I got to go where your heart is. And because you don't know my heart, you make up in a new gospel. Because you don't know my heart. All right. Here we go. So character and miracles are equally important. Character is not more important than miracles. And miracles are not more important and character. They are both equally important. These two things are what causes, listen, the Holy Spirit to work through and in a person. Mm. Okay? All right. Y'all following? Y'all tracking? All right. 
remember, the inner anointing works in me. The outer anointing works through me. Just like the oil I told y'all. The oil is not, it's just oil. But it's Holy Spirit that works through the oil. When I smear it on you, and it's not in the crucifix. <laughs> See how we do it? Come up and get prayer in these big churches. No, the Bible says it's a smearing. It's drips from Aaron's beard. It's a smearing. All right, okay. It had a cross in your heart. Here we go. But I just, I'm just trying to let y'all see things that you see happening all the time. And we just don't, we just, in the church, we just accept it. And we don't know the origin where it came from. Just like the Jewish people wear the yarmulke on the top of their head. That's not biblical. The pressure is. But that comes from men's tradition. That's what Jesus had a big problem with the Pharisees to say. It's the tradition of men. If you knew me, you wouldn't seek to kill me. Because you don't know me. All right. You just got to speak the truth in love. Amen? Amen? All right. So here we go. The Bible says don't stop the inner anointing by grieving the Holy Spirit and don't stop the flow of the anointing by quenching the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is what I don't want to happen to us. Say balance. balance. Say it again. Say balance. balance. All right. So when, <laughs> y'all know me, <laughs> so we've been, you know, taught so much in the importance of character. Y'all know I love to teach on character, all right? When I said balance, y'all, y'all said it, so you got to hear me out, right, okay? Before you judge me. <laughs> righteously, the Bible said judge righteously, <laughs> not condemning, judge me righteously. Okay, hold on. The importance of character, all right? I've taught a lot of that. That will, um, let's see, the importance of character that will work on, we'll work on our character so much. You know, we'll work on our character uh, so much that, you know, hopefully we do, <laughs> till the day we die. And not one miracle will ever happen in our lives. I told you they work together. Watch it, I said balance, right? So here we go. This is what happens. This is what you say. So as long as I have a good character, the Holy Spirit is happy. Yeah, you do. But in all true reality, he's not happy. Mm -hmm. He's not happy. <laughs> if he doesn't have the freedom to flow through you to heal people and prophesy the word of God. See, this is what happens. You, I told you we get people who don't know the purpose of prophecy and they abuse it. I'm prophet this. I'm prophet that. Come and see me. Here's my card. 
And my prophecy is always going to be what you, what's coming to you, what you're going to get. A true prophet tells you how you're living. Come out of that. That's what a true prophet does. That's right. So you exactly teach. So you can receive the promise. So you got a lot of people just prophet lying. Now listen to this. I'm, I'm telling y'all this is what happens. And see, we got to understand about quenching and grieving the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is what happens when we... See, nobody never come this angle for talking about the anointing, about what you're doing with the Holy Spirit and what he expects. If he doesn't have the freedom to flow through you to heal people and prophesy the word of God. The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And in the same manner, do not quench the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot flow freely through you to heal people. Amen. Yes, Athena's is not here today. She was here the other night. Grandbaby. Raise your hand down so they can see you. This is real. So we prayed all summer long. Over a year. She was eight. How old was she then? She was two. Stays whatever. Cancer. Four, ten, whatever. Died on the table three times. Had to resuscitate three times. Said she'll never talk. We prayed. We believed. Now, no matter what happened, we contended, listen, for the word of God. Not on what we saw. And these signs shall follow them that believe. I won't worry about when she, God had her. That whole thing was for you to believe. But he used her. I told you, she's talking now and talking back. She's singing. Everything, everything they said wasn't going to happen. Because we allow Holy Spirit to flow freely. Y'all hear me? Who's sick by you? What are you quenching? What are you grieving that he can't use you to flow through you? Okay. See, this is what we're not doing. Mm -mm. Y'all getting it? <sighs> okay. Man, this is going to be a long one, but we're going to do it, though. Let's keep moving. Can we keep moving? Okay. Here we go. Hmm. The Holy Spirit wants to freely operate in you and through you. Y'all got that? So you need to tell yourself that. Holy Spirit wants to operate through me and in me. And watch this. When you clean your house, you're not grieving the Holy Spirit. <laughs> See, we want him to move, but the house is out of order. The house is not pure. Okay. All right. So when you, listen, we need to know what grieves him, what's grieving and quenching him. So when you clean your house, you're not grieving the Holy Spirit. Some of you just need to clean your house. Don't rearrange it. Clean it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. When you clean your house, you're not grieving the Holy Spirit. And when you're praying for the sick, you're not quenching the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all are afraid to pray for the sick? When I go into the hospital, I'm not just going for the person that I'm going for. And teacher, notice, everybody on this ward is going to be healed. That's how I feel. That's what I say. I'm not the healer. He just asked me to say it. I didn't just say it and believe it. That's on him. And if he did not heal Athena, guess what? I've been all right. He's still good. He's still God. He's still on the throne of my heart. I'm not let down. I'm not mad. Mm, mm, mm. Come on with me. Somebody, somebody with me. All right. Somebody with me. Y'all ain't ready. I got so much in here. And when you're not praying for others, and when you're not ministering to others, you're quenching the Holy Spirit in you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why when you call intercessory prayer, you know, the church, you know, filled on Sunday, three people show up on prayer night. Not here. Not here because we have, what you see here is on Tuesday night just as well. This night. Mm-mm. See, that's how you really believe. See, that's when you're working then. Uh, let somebody else do it. No, he wants to see, Now you're quenching him. Now you're grieving him. Now he can't flow through you for the lives of other people. And see, when you come to intercede prayer, now it's for a nation. All right, we won't do this. We won't really do this. Okay, let me get to this thing. All right, hold on. And when you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to develop your character, it grieves him. How do you get your character developed with God? Well, he got to put you in a situation, in a circumstance where your character will be revealed. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be. I don't want to be here in this thing. It hurts. I don't. mm -mm. No, bless me, Lord. Bless me. No, I want your character. I want your kind of faith. I want to love like you. When you say that, guess what? You're going to love like him. He's going to put you in a situation where you have to love like him. Unconditionally. You don't believe. Mm-mm. You're going to be just trying to get in at the gate. I, mean, y'all gotta, I pray because I believe. I'm not praying in hope. Uncertainty. I'm praying because I believe. I thought y'all were believers. Well, you have to be in a situation where you're going to have to believe. I don't want it hurts. I told you when you don't worship God, you're worshiping the other God. When you don't raise your hands to God, you're raising your hands to the God of this world. Disobedience. Okay. But we don't care. 
We ain't moved by that. That's why I can do it week after week. All righty, here we go. Here we go. Let's go to Genesis right quick. Genesis 20, 1 through 5. And I'm, I'm going to kind of just stop right here in a minute, but I just want to, yeah, just want to get us going because I, I got, woo. Cold, man. I want to do this thing. Y'all want to do this thing? Y'all want to do this thing? <laughs> woo. Genesis. You got Amplified up there? I do. Okay. Genesis chapter 20, 1 through 5. This whole chapter is powerful. It's small, but it's powerful. This is about Abimelech and Abraham. Oh, this is so rich. It's so much in here. Oh, man. Y'all ready? Yeah. 1 through 5. Now Abraham journeyed from there toward the south country, the Negev, and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and he lived temporarily in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah into his harem. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken as your own. For she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. So he said, Lord, will you slay a people who are just and innocent? Did not the man tell me she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In integrity of heart and innocency of hands, I have done this. And he was right, because him and Sarah had the same father. Mm. Hold on. Listen this. Point one in this brief exhortation here. Inner anointing. Point one, inner anointing. Abimelech and Abimelech. Uh, what do you see in that name? Abimelech, Melech, means king, okay? So, Abimelech, so it doesn't really mean that that's his name, his title, okay? All right, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's other Abimelechs in the Bible. Well, I'll just think, don't y'all like a place where you come and learn? It's rich, reveal mysteries of God. Man, instead of just some Bible story. All right. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Abimelech and Abraham are a good picture of how both of these anointings operate. Unfortunately, they are operating exclusively <laughs> of each other. Not together. All right. And I'm going to break it down to you. Abimelech. Here, we see that he is taken. Y'all know the story, but just follow with me. I hope you do. 
have taken the wife of Abraham unknowingly, right? In ignorance. He gets deceived by Abraham to take Sarah. And Abimelech has God visit him in a dream at night. And he says, you're a dead man. Can you imagine that? <laughs> you're a dead man. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Woo! God. But he knows something that y'all don't know. Okay, watch this. Hey, break this down, man. This is good. Right, I like this, man. <laughs> okay. He said, you're a dead man. You took this man's wife. And then Abimelech raises his hand to God and says, mm -mm. you know the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hand. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's talking to God. No, he's not going to God with a lie like we do. You know my heart. Exactly. He knows your heart. See how we deceive? We just bring anything to God. This man said, this man said, here, after God said, you're a dead man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You took this man's wife. I'm going to raise his hand and to God and says, you know the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hand. I've done this. And God says this. I do know you've done this. This is why I came to warn you. Oh, okay. I want y'all to see something. In Genesis chapter 20, this is the first time God appears to someone in a dream. Mm -mm. The first time. And he appears to someone who has integrity. This is fascinating to me because it wasn't Noah. It won't Lot. It won't Abraham. It was a Philistine king. Okay, hold on. I mean, he came to Pharaoh. He spoke to Pharaoh. Okay. Nebuchadnezzar. He, oh, y'all, listen to this. Hold on. Listen to this. Watch this. He was a Philistine king who didn't have a connection to God that Abraham had. Mm. He didn't have a connection that Abraham had. Abraham did. Mm. So Abraham, well, let's look about this. Abimelech had integrity in him. And because of his innocence in his life, also... Abimelech did not sleep with Sarah, the king. That's what they do. He did not sleep with Sarah. Talk about integrity. Talk about holiness. <sighs> you the king. <laughs> I could do anything. Let's look at David. He the king. And Sarah was fine. And he did not sleep with her. Okay. Integrity. Holiness. Okay. Okay. 
All right. He took her as his wife. Now watch this. Abimelech's life was so different that he said, Lord, watch this. He said, Lord, will you destroy a righteous nation? He said, would you destroy a righteous nation? Him. Just, he said he was going to kill him. He said, would you destroy a righteous nation? Do y'all hear me? This one man is saying, he's standing out, he's standing and representing the whole nation. And he's saying, would you destroy a whole nation because I slept with her? Another man's wife. See, adultery back then was huge. It's huge now, but it was huge then. All right. Just don't have no integrity. Listen to this. Would you destroy a whole nation? It was righteous? It was something about Abimelech that attracted God's attention to the degree when God came and warned Abimelech that he was about to hook up with the wrong woman. Y'all know the seed that she was carrying. Even though she won't carry it, she was carrying it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. See, y'all don't understand. <laughs> Woo, men. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. He was about to hook up with the wrong woman. See, when you have an inner anointing, the first thing that will happen is that God will always warn you when you're about to make a mistake. Well, you got to have the inner anointing, though. Not just you making a choice. No, you got to have an inter-anointing. Because my choices affect nations. And that's what was happening here. That choice was going to affect us. Us. So God had to intervene. Y'all got to understand something. That man act then would have affected you. Because she was carrying the promised seed. And Abraham was the father of faith. My Lord, I hear you. And that couldn't be contaminated. But y'all missing the whole point. Missing the whole point. Missing the whole point. Everybody just read the story. Just go right over it. Don't understand what's happening here. Hold on here. I've got to stop in five minutes. Y'all give me five minutes. All right. So when you have an inner anointing, listen, the first thing that would happen. See, he had a, Abimelech had an inner anointing. Mm. First time, first time God ever showed up in a dream was to Abimelech. You caught it. When you have that inner anointing, the first thing that God will do, he will, he, he will always warn you that you're about to make a mistake. And the inner anointing has a voice that you should be familiar with. Mm -mm. It's distinct between yours and his. Mm. Okay, here we go. God will warn you before 
you make a bad financial deal. Thank you, Lord. A bad investment. That's about to go south. He'll warn you. Yep, he will warn you. Mm-hmm. See, but you got to have the inter anointing. That means he's giving you the thing, integrity. And he said, my hands were innocent. He's speaking truth to God. God said, that's why I'm warning you. Because I know that they are innocent. I know the integrity of your heart. That's why I'm here to warn you. Jesus, my God. Woo! See, that's what, what's the integrity of your heart? Y'all want me to look away? Thing that wouldn't be healed if it wasn't in the integrity of our heart. And we came together as one, not seeing what the enemy was trying to get us to see, but trusting and stand fast on the word of God right in the middle of them resuscitating her. See, your faith is dead without works. And them works ain't for you to get stuff from God, it's to trust God. See, we just abuse the word. Because we don't know the purpose of the word. Mm, mm, mm. Here we go. Are you being moved in your spirit? That means truth is coming. And if you come to church and there's no conviction, guess what? Holy Spirit ain't in there because he brings conviction. Do I know my purpose? Well, the pastor said, to know my presence, be in the presence of God. All things will be revealed to me then in the presence of God. Not in the college I attend. It's your vocation. Okay. Here we go. Woo! We're going to get this thing. We're, closing. We're coming to the close here. We're coming to the close for the day. For today. Hold on here. All right. Just want to get y'all into this, all right? All right. Don't go read. Everybody going to go and read uh, the chapter. You can, but he gave it to me to give to you, so he ain't going to give you the same thing. Mm. You can. You can read the word. But what he gave me to give to you, is that's what I'm going to give to you. See, and the word gives confirmation. So if you are in it, there should be something that, listen, that register in your spirit when you hear the teaching. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. I told you, we come to church, but we don't know how to really operate. When the word is coming forth, we don't know how to receive it, how to process it. What is happening? Just say amen, that's it? No, when you hear the word, that's something that you have to do. He said, don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word. So when you hear love, that means you hear love is in action. That means you got to do something. God so loved that he gave. He did something. He had corresponding action to his faith. Amen? And so should you. All right. Here we go. Woo. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to finish right here. So, so when you have this, so, so like I said, so when you have integrity in you, God comes, listen, he comes in, listen, see, see, even Abraham couldn't fool Abimelech because God stepped in and said, I'm going to warn Abimelech. 
Most of us learn a lesson after we've been burned. But when you walk, listen, but when you walk in the inner anointing, God protects you from, listen, getting burned. What he does is present now a choice. He's not playing games with you. You are with him. The second thing that happens is that God will begin to communicate to you. God spoke to Abimelech. We all want to hear God's voice instead of just saying, you know, Lord, I want you. Speak to me. We should be saying this. Lord, I yield to your anointing to produce within me an integrity and an innocence. That's what you should be saying. Lord, just speak to me. I want to hear you. You won't listen when he do that. He already spoke to you. He told you to forgive. He told you to give. He told you to trust. Okay. The third thing that it produces, you will... The third thing that it produces when we yield to the inner anointing is that we experience a miracle from God. Okay. Woo, I got one yes. Y'all need right. This young lady is a walking miracle. Every time she get up to teach, built to worship, that's a miracle. Because she has an autoimmune system that says that she's supposed to be crippled in a chair. Raise your hand so they see. Stand up so they see you. The miracle. Six days a week. Her diagnosis is that she's supposed to be crippled and incapacitated in a chair. Teach six classes a day. A week, should I say. Y'all know what I mean. Nothing is on. She said, don't prophesy that one on me. I already released it, sorry. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. All right, here we go. (laughs) I'm sorry, everyone. I've had a good time, man. I love the people, man. I love God's people, man. All right, I'm going to stop here. Uh, I'm going to stop here. Um, (laughs) Did I say that? The last thing or the third thing? I'm going to finish that up. I'm going to stop right here. Okay, did I say that? Okay. Uh, uh, The third thing I said is the inner anointing. Uh, This will lead to miracles from God. Okay. Ah. Oh, 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 watch this. Come on up, teacher. Watch this. In Genesis chapter 20, not only is this the first time that God spoke in a dream that's recorded in the Bible, but it's also the first time in the Bible that God healed someone. Woo, right there. Ah, Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. Man, I want to keep going, but I'm going to have to stop because... I, I promised I would. I would. Man, I, I mean, next week, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. No, 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 y'all ain't ready. Because the sword is coming out next week, y'all ain't ready. John, you ready? He said he ready. I might have to get you to stand up here with me, though, because it's going to be rough. So wear something new so we so you have to come up here and help me out. I have, I really wanted to go, but I can't go. I got to stop right now. 
and I'm trying to be obedient. And um, <laughs> teachers said uh, a lot of times you got to know when they full. But they say they've been up their metabolism so they can eat more. <laughs> but I'm gonna stop. I, I'm y'all come back next week. <laughs> I got about six more parts. Y'all gonna come? <laughs> All right. Love the, this is how we all should love the word of God. Amen. Amen. That there is a everlasting thirst and hunger for the word of God. And if we ever get to that place where our thirst and hunger is no longer there, we're in danger. We need to ensure that we rush back to the place of God's presence. Because when you start to feel full or can't take any more of God's word, then that means that your flesh has taken ascendancy over you. And this is how a lot of times that we end up walking away from God. When I say walking away, you still come to church. You still come to the gathering. You still talk about the word of God, but you're not living the word of God. And your faith is no longer alive. It's dead. You have to stay hungry. Can we just give God a praise for the word of God? For the man of God. I never get too familiar with my husband as my pastor and my husband as my husband. They never cross. Because if it, they ever cross, I can no longer hear him as my shepherd. A lot of times, um, couples in ministry, they, they see the person in their carnality. They're, they don't see the reality of the vessel that's called by God. And you get familiar. Then you lose out on the true benefit that God will allow and permit you to walk in covenant with your shepherd as your husband. You know, you, I tell you, you get up sometimes and Holy Spirit just, he speaks expressively. But I, I wanted to, that's, I was not going that way, but I was the Holy Spirit wanted to go that way. I want to go to Ephesians 4. Um, 29 through 30, really quick, I want to ensure when you walk away, because this word, for me, it was, I mean, do you have a real interaction with the word? <laughs> Get really emotional, um, excited. I was elated. I, I, I felt a physical pressing upon me when I, I heard the word of God. And if that's not happening to you, then the word of God is not a reality. You're still in tradition of man. You need to come out of that and come into a real relationship with God. Amen. You read, minister, please. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29. Let no foul or polluting language nor evil word nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. 
but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. You can stop there. I mean, we have to think about in our relationships with each other, definitely in a marriage, because your relationships overall should be always progressing. And this is why, one of the reasons why marriages do end is because it stopped progressing. Stop growing and start dying. And this is what happens to us. Look, you stop growing. You stop learning. You have to love growing. I love growing. I love learning. I love progressing. I love success. And success to me is learning. It says that this is why I'm careful about who I have a relationship with. Are you ready to have a relationship with me? I'm talking about just a conversation. What do you bring to this hello? What do you bring to just a greeting? Because when I decide to make the choice, I'm going to have a conversation with you. I'm prepared to present fully who I am. Are you ready to say hello? Oh, yeah. Because you don't know where this hello is going to take you. Are you ready to have a conversation with me? Because when we talk, we're going to really talk. We're going to talk about what's real about you and what's not real about you. Are you ready to say hello? Oh, oh my. Young lady, new young lady, what's your name? Anita. See, this is the thing with women is that we're not careful who we say hello to. I have to count up the cost when I say hello, where this could go. I'm going to sum you up like a bunch of data and conversation that we've already had, and then I'm going to generate a report. And then as I begin to enter in, because look, I'm considering about what I say because what I say is impact with truth and reality. I don't deal with falsity. So the conversation or the question is, are you ready for reality when I say hello? It says the very intent as to why you're going to have a conversation. Be careful about the words that you speak. As to why we're even having dinner together. What is this going to turn into? He said, make sure it's beneficial. So this is the challenge when you say hello to me. Is that my intent every time I talk is that it benefits you. 
and it benefits me. Why else are we conversing? It's meaningless. He says that when you speak, let the words be wholesome. Let it be for the betterment of each other. There's some places I could go with that. Because the words that we speak normally, because they're in falsity, is that they're polluted. The word of God is saying that you're putting on a garment that is rotten as the smell of fish. See, but we don't see or perceive the reality of the words that we say in conversation. When I say, I love you, wait a minute. I'm, is it the truth or is it a lie? Because what I'm going to put on is going to affect you and all those around you. That smell, that stench of my polluted words is going to affect everyone. Go ahead and read. Just, just go ahead and read. Go ahead. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. Our conversation, it should empower you. It should empower me. Again, why else are we conversing? Why aren't you living intentional? Why are you having dinner with the person? Why are you having lunch with the person? I keep saying that the time that I spend, me and, and Minister Tashana, when we, we have lunch, when we go on a walk, is it, look, we're, we're searching always for a better way. A better way to, for us to be built up, for the body of Christ to be built up. A better way. See, <laughs> so y'all, the kingdom corporation you're not thinking about. Go ahead and finish reading. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> That's all. Go to the next verse. <laughs> verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Stop. Don't grieve. This part is what we're taking for granted. How do you grieve Holy Spirit? What does it look like to grieve Holy Spirit? It means to pain him by sin. You pain him by and through sin. And it's through the the small matters and look in your words and how you live your life. It's in your doubting. It's in your bitterness. It's in your lying. It's in your lying that you grieve Holy Spirit. This is why he says that he speaks about murdering. You murder with 
your mouth. You're lying. Oh, see, y'all need to see, because this is what hurts so many women is the lying. And you. Because the lying, when you grieve Holy Spirit, which means to afflict him with pain by sin, you give now another spirit, Satan, an opportunity to work through you. So if I'm grieving one, I'm making another one happy. You're not just grieving Holy Spirit, but now you are bringing pleasure to the adversary. And he has an opportunity to work through you. And your whole salvation, which the word of God said, I have sealed you through the redemption of my blood. This is what grieves him. That the preparation of your spiritual growth have stopped because you're you're lying. See, we don't take this. It's not a big deal. You've been living like this for a while. For most of your Christian life. And your relationship with, with each other. Man and woman of God. With your spouse. With the words that you've been saying. And most of all, the words you haven't been saying. See, but the deception is you think you can grieve the Holy Spirit by how you live and still say that you're living for him. He hates the sin. This is what grieves him. He's because I prepared a way for you to be reconciled back to me. And because of these matters, the words of your mouth, that you haven't taken into account what you are speaking, the lies that you have told, how you have polluted and created this stench amongst my people. He said that you need, see what has to happen is that you have to be contained. Because you're contaminating others through your polluted words. Go ahead, man of God. Are we at the end? I guess I'm just at the end. Pastor said bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at the end. I just want you to know that grieving the Holy Spirit is not a slight thing you can continue to do because this deals with your spiritual progression he's grieved because he can't look manifest himself in you you're lying your anger your words that you have spoken it's not okay That you lie and deceive. Because you grieve. Holy Spirit. Because he cannot operate 
and your life the way that he desires to. This is the continual fight that we would believe that we as Christians, God want you to know you cannot leave out here today thinking that you can continue to halfway serve him. And the promises for God is still available to you. That's not a truth. He want you to see the truth of this teaching. Stop grieving him with your lifestyle. Amen. He loves you enough to reconcile and bring you out under the authority of Satan. I thank God for the word of God. I think that he has made himself known through his word and his man of God today. Amen. I pray that in God, the word of God is, is able to change your very mind, thought, and direction that you were going. Give God just glory for his, his word. And the ministers come up. This is a time now for prayer. Also a time for those who don't know God and you want to know God. Or you do know